Yo, 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 we back. Elondo Podcast. Me and my boy on the video chat now. Stepping up in this game. We back. We back and better than ever. Yeah, you ran a, a list of transfers. I believe we're going to focus on transfers this episode, right? Right before the start of the season. Because so. who, who doesn't like summer transfers, if we're being realistic? Like... I feel like summer is only transfer season where it's like where you can properly talk about what exactly is going on and how teams tend to rebuild themselves. And it's interesting, especially because a lot of people, a lot of teams let uh, players go and vice versa, you know? And it's like the summer is a little bit shorter because of the World Cup this year is in a different month. So now the league is starting sooner. So teams are starting to do their transfers a little sooner. So you got all that kind of playing into this, but what? Who do you have down? Who's your first first transfer on the list? Um, for me, my first one was definitely for sure. It would have to be Chelsea, and who they brought back so far. Uh, Chelsea was decimated this year, especially in the back line, with uh, losing Chris Christensen and uh, Aspiriqueta to Barca on freeze as well as Rudiger to Real Madrid. So it's, uh, as of right now, they oddly enough, they made a signing of uh, Raheem Sterling for 56.2 mil, as well as um, they also just signed Koulibaly as well, which I'm actually kind of excited for on that one. Mm-hmm. See how he copes with the physicality of the Premier League. And Chucho seemed to think he was going to go to Juve. You know what I mean? And I was talking shit on the transfer, and he, he went for a lot of money, bro. How much did you say he went for? 40 mil. Oh, that's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. So, fuck it. I mean, well, yeah, it's because it the thing is, the thing, the thing, mm-hmm. the thing was with that, with that transfer, it's, uh, Koulibaly was on his last year of his contract, and obviously you can't overpay for somebody who's just going to leave for free in the next summer window you know but wasn't he talking about like and then you're also kind like of like 70 mil yeah that yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't pay 70 mil for a what what is he 33 32 yeah because i'll pay 40 and then it's like all right i'll run that you know what i mean but he was talking about spending like an absurd amount of money for a center back that i do feel like he's like yeah technically in his prime but he's probably already reached that plateau and he's going to start going downhill from here. You know what I mean? So that's why I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about it, you know, but eh, whatever. Who else you have? Um, no, I just want to stay on the course on that one. Uh, it's kind of interesting that you would think that uh, if since Chelsea lost th- three key first team uh, defenders in their squad, you would think that they would probably go with somebody young or at least younger as opposed to having already a 37-year-old Thiago Silva in the back, as well as another 33-year-old you're adding on top of that. And then does that also mean that do you no longer play three in the back then, or are you banking on those two guys to hold you down in the back and keep clean sheets week in and week out, or what do you think? Well, I think the signing of Sterling kind of, indicates that they might be changing up their tactics next season because they have a lot of wingers 
They have a lot of attackers. You know what I mean? They got rid of Lukaku. So I think that they're going to change their formation probably and go to maybe like a 4-3-3 or something along those lines because I just feel like, I don't know, it just simply just because that whole Sterling signing. And it was like Lukaku wasn't going to play whether he was still there or not. You know what I mean? So imagine he was still there. They bring in another attacker who's like, it's Sterling, but he's quality, bro. He brings quality to the pitch. So I, th- I think like a 4-3-3 or like a 4-5-1, but either way, they play two, in the, two center backs with two outside backs. You know what I mean? But I do think that it is strange that they got such a old center back next to such an experienced center back. You do usually see that old and young, and then you see that older center back bring in that that new center back into the game and kind of putting him on with, like, experience. So, whatever. I mean, it makes sense, though, if you're just trying to stay at the top, which I feel like they're just, like, barely holding on to that third position. If not, you know what I mean? They're going to fall down really quickly, and I feel like that's why that kind of leaned into their decision of, if we're going to play four in the back, we do need two solid players. We can't have a season where we're trying to put this other center back on with, like, how to be a defender, how to cope with certain situations. Like, we just need a ready-made player right here, right now. No, yeah, I definitely agree. And then especially because I think you're going to be very dependent on that back line next season just because you don't know where the sources of goals is going to come unless unless it's going to be like a city situation where everybody, at least four to five players, bag ten or more goals in the season, which I don't see happening. Um, where do you find the source of, I mean, you'll, you'll get a solid, at least 15 goals from Sterling consistently if he plays, but where else, like, who do you, you don't have a recognized number nine. Cause you are, I'm assuming they're going to be playing with Havertz up front. You think so? But I feel like Havertz, I'm just, Havertz is not a striker. You know what I mean? Like he's a good, like, um, cam, but I just don't think he's the player to just be like, Oh, he's our striker now. It's kind of fucked up to do that to a center mid, too, you know what I mean? And I do think that he's a lot better than Mason Mount, personally, so I think it might be the time for Mason Mount to maybe... I don't know. Like I said, I think they might change their entire formation. Who knows? Maybe Mount will be more of a box-to-box, but I also can't see that. I don't understand their team, really, at all. It seems like they're very top-heavy, very (laughs) back-heavy, and then they have nothing down the middle of the the pitch because Conte is past his prime. Jorginho, I don't him having another good year. Kovacic also, I mean, he's just he has his games where he's on but he's usually off, you know what I mean? So, I just don't really understand the, it, their tactics at all to be honest. I don't think they're going to do well next year. I put them like 4th or 5th. But you also, also got to think about the fact that they have players like uh, Billy Gilmore coming back from Norwich. They got Connor Gallagher coming back from Crystal Palace. And then I also saw, I didn't even know that he was a Chelsea signing, but uh, Arm, uh, Arm, Armando Broja, 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 oh, whatever his name is, um, he was playing up front for, yeah, he was actually a Chelsea player. He was on loan there this season. A good old Chelsea loaning out the entire world. I swear they own half the Premier League. Yeah. No, they definitely do. I definitely think that Don't... with these returnings, like these, re- what was that? Oh, no, I was going to say, didn't they put a cap on the amount of players that you could loan out in a season now because of teams like Chelsea who just loan out, like, 20, 30 players a fucking year? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's only I think you're only allowed to loan out six players at a time or something like that. Six six to ten for sure. Which but, is probably I mean, why Bros. It'll be interesting to back. see. Well, even then, he had a good season until in, until his injuries problems towards the end, and it'll be interesting to see how how these uh, certain like I would even say standout players from last season that because they're going to want to come back and demand playing time. And then you have players like Jorginho at Conte and Mason Mount who weren't really at their best last season. So it's going to be interesting who Tuchel kind of sticks with, you know, because like, how do you deny starting position for like somebody like, like Gallagher, you know, like this guy balled out last season and he showed that he's uh, Premier League ready to play and got double digit in, I believe both assists and, um, goals so it's like it's going to be interesting to see i i think tuchel's for sure going to be at a crossroads this season of where whether or not to uh kind of age out like what what he originally started with and then start integrating these new players and kind of give his his uh his squad some life i do think if they you still know, need you know a, what i'm saying i still i still think they need a right back whatever system they play they need a new right back it doesn't make sense to me how they they went in for a player like Sterling before they went in for a, a better right back, given the fact that they already have players like Pulisic, you know what I mean, who's already... They should get rid of Pulisic, put him to a different Prem team, take that money, and put it towards a new right back. That's personally what I would do. You don't fancy Reese James? He gets hurt a lot. I think he's good as fuck, but he gets I'd... hurt. He was hurt the almost the half half the season last year. Yeah, um, I think I think he's transitioned him to a center back. Reese James. Yeah, I think he has the build for it. He's, nah, bro. If you if you, if you could if you could put Aspiriqueta there as a center back, like I, I don't see why not. I don't. I don't see it happening. I think that his attacking qualities far outweigh his defensive qualities. He would be a better right wing than a fucking center back. You know what I mean? So just to me, Aspiliqueta was always better at defending than his attacking traits, and that's why it worked out. Reese James uh, isn't the same. Sheesh. That's true. Nah. Uh, do you want to just move on to Arsenal next? Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> uh so they as of right now as of this very moment as of uh whatever july 17th they've made three signings uh one of them being fabio vieira from porto for 35 mil my boy gabriel jesus uh for 52.2 mil and then also uh u.s international goalkeeper matt turner for 6.3 mil as well what are your thoughts on that? And didn't they get another player from the Portuguese league? I thought they got like uh, Vieira or something like that. But um, anyway, that's why that's Fabio I, Fabio Vieira. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. I didn't hear you say it. the fucking. I think it's funny, right? That they think that they got the best striker in the world now. They're set, whatever. By Gabriel Jesus, look, Gabriel Jesus has been sitting on the bench for Manchester City for how many years? And we've been saying Manchester City doesn't have a striker for how many years? If, if he could have played at any team, 
it should have been Manchester City because they don't have a striker. So they went out and bought two new strikers and sold him. So to me, to sit there and be like, oh, this guy's going to change our squad. We're going to start playing. Dude, the guy couldn't even perform at striker in Manchester City, the team that gives you the most chances in the fucking Prem, other than Liverpool. So don't even give me that. You know what I mean? Like, Arsenal... I think they've had, like, a very, like, stupid transfer window. And how much did they spend on Gabriel Jesus? Uh, just just under $53 million. That's not too bad. So at least the price wasn't, like, astronomical. But still, I don't think he's the, the answer to their problems. I think they got a lot more prop, But he's young, and so is the whole team. So at least he'll be able to uh, get molded into whatever type of player uh arteta wants him to be but i just he ain't it for me man especially talking shit on a man city player i'm sorry but he ain't it he's never been it so to see him go to arsenal it's kind of funny <laughs> um i mean in my opinion i the only thing that i could maybe say is that uh hey jesus probably had his best scoring spell when Arteta was assistant coach of Man City, but apart from that, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, shit, I don't, I don't think he's the answer. I think, I think he's a good backup striker, like you know, a substitute off the bench, come in, maybe make an impact for like ten to fifteen minutes. But uh, depend on him to score 20, 20 plus goals every season in order to ensure you like to get into the champions league, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. How many goals do you think he gets this season? 12. You think so? I think he breaks single. I think he barely breaks single digits. Yeah. Like 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. I think that's where he's going to sit at and he's going to be their main striker. So that's going to be terrible. I think he gets like 15, 7, somewhere between 15 to 17. I'd be willing to make a bet. I'd be willing to make a bet. <laughs> Don't see it happening. Nah, we'll, we'll, nah, we'll, we'll make a bet once I, once we go through every, everybody's signings, you know? Yeah. Because then I'm going to have nah, too but, many goddamn I mean, bets the, with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, um, but the... I don't know. I, to me, it just seems like Arteta is banking on youth. Which is a good thing, though, you know, because it's like at least at least at this point, you don't have to worry about getting a bunch of injury-prone players that are in, in the the back end of their career. And then you could also kind of mold them into your, the, the kind of play style that you want them to play, which it seems like it's just basically what Guardiola does, but maybe a little bit faster, a little bit more direct um but i mean i don't know i mean they could it could have been a worse transfer window for them although they did lose people like i mean lacazette he was past his prime um who else oh hector bellerin came back supposedly he's he's been rocking the captain's armband somehow well he's just been one of those players that's been in that squad for so long and he was a he was like a second captain for like a long time before he tore his ACL. So it makes sense that he has the captain's band back. And um, didn't you tell me that he was, like, crying that he had to come back? Yeah, well, uh, he was at Real Betis last season, and that's basically his boyhood club. His dad, like, supports the club. 
and he I guess he had made it clear to Arsenal that he wanted to stay at Real Betis and was willing to make basically willing to do anything to make it happen and Arsenal's like yeah sorry dog you're coming back like sorry and, yeah, we need you he was yeah and he was just shown on the last game of the season last last game of the season crying as he was like walking off the pitch which sucks you know but i mean you know what i'm excited for though uh no like side note is that all or nothing that's coming out on them that's just gonna be so funny. That's just made for Tottenham fans to just sit there and laugh at how much they bottled that shit at the end of the season, and then it's all on video. Well, I want to see the locker room. Well, not even that. Not even the end of the season. Remember the beginning of the season? Well, they started when off. They like didn't shit. win. Like they were. Like, they were. They were in last place. That's what I'm saying. Like they, like, they didn't win a game for like six games or something like that. Remember? Yeah, they were in the bottom of the table. We were so, at the top. I was talking all that shit. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how, ex- like, just the whole locker room vibe the- around the training ground during that season. And they're in Europa League next season, correct? If I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Well, depending if they give uh, another Champions League spot. But, yeah, they should be Europa. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see, like, what... Like, what kind of manager Arteta is? Because, I mean, he seems like a relatively quiet type. You know, he doesn't seem like he have a big character or a big personality. Like, per se, like a Guardiola or like a fucking Conte, you know? So it's like, it's going to be kind of cool to see him behind closed doors. Kind of fucking, basically chewing up his whole team, you know? Yeah. Especially because he played for the club too, you know? He was good back in his day, bro. Like damn good. Was he? Was he? Was he? Wasn't he like not a Spain international? Like he never got a fucking cap for Spain. Are you serious? I thought he did. Nah, I'm pretty sure. It's just at the Mato. at the time it was a stacked ass team, so it'd be really fucking hard to to even compete. I mean, and then you're playing you're playing with and you're competing for a position where uh, with Cesc Fabregas, who was like back in the day, bro. He was. A fucking baller, bro. So, I'd be, I'd be surprised though if he never even got a single cap. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he never played for the senior national team. That's crazy, bro. What a shitty generation <laughs> to come up and have to compete for his center mid position. You got Xavi, Iniesta, Fabregas, bro. Like, it's you have to be like top class to get into that shit. My boy David Silva was in that bitch, though. But he was top class. That's what I'm saying. Even Santi Crizola was and in he's that still shit. Playing. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I don't know. I think that those two could have interchanged throughout different uh, points in their career. But it is what it is. Um, do you want to move on to the to the rivals? Man, uh, Liverpool. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so as of right now, they've made three signings this season. Uh, f- highly touted uh, youngster from Fulham, Fabio Carvalho, for five point nine mil. 
uh, Calvin Ramsey from, uh, I have no idea where the fuck he's from. I believe he was from Germany for 4.9 million. And then the biggest signing of them all fucking, uh, for 80 million, Darwin Nunez from Benfica. That's it. What are your it thoughts, my? I yeah. thought it was way more than 80 mil. I thought it was a hundred mil. Nah, it was 80. Unless my sources are wrong. Well, that's a, still a shitload of money. I thought it was a hundred, so eighty is a little bit better. Uh, do I think that it's a smart idea to get rid of Mane and bring in Nunez? I guess it do, it does make sense to me personally. He's a left wing, can play striker, and then um, I think that they could change the formation. I think a lot of teams are going to change the formation next year, honestly, and, and Liverpool's going to be one yep. of them. And I think they might start playing. Um, Mohamed Salah is more of a striker opposed to a winger because you saw him completely disappear at the second half of the season last year. So if you put Nunes up top as more of a hold-up player because he's fucking like six foot one, six foot two, you put him as like a hold-up and, and feeds uh, Salah, I think that that combination, big striker, quick little guy, it could work well. And Nunes, it's not like he's slow. Like he's quick. So, and he's versatile. Like I said, he could play on the wing. So you could still play your four-three-three if you really wanted to. But I think they do move to a four-four-two potentially. Yeah, that probably would make the most sense because in that way you you could kind of uh, basically push out whoever like that third midfielder that you don't really need. Because I feel like at this point you'd be good with a with a Fabinho in the middle, along with right right beside of what's his name, uh, Tiago. And you kind of don't really need a Jordan Henderson or a Keita in the side. And then that way you could push. Uh, I, shit, you could probably even push, what's his name, uh, Robertson to a fucking right mid as opposed to a right back and sign yourself another right back. Or left back. And then same with Alexander Arnold Trent, bro. He's got such good crossing. He could literally play like that David Beckham right mid position. And then you get a right back mm-hmm. to fill his position. So it's like, but do they buy players? I really don't know. You know what I mean? But I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I think. I think Liverpool over the last couple of years just kind of characterized on maybe making one or two key signings every window. But apart from that, they don't really spend money just because due to their financial situation and the way that their their club is structured. Um, I just feel like they they max maybe make one more. But I mean, like, like the Fabio uh, Carvalho signing, like that's typical. That has Liverpool written all over it, you know. Where it's like they they go down to the second division and sign somebody that's a promising youngster, and then I'm sure he's gonna end up being a star for them, you know. Like especially long term, if they don't have like, cause dude, they they basically re-signed the, the whole team except for Mane. Bro, Fabio Carvalho, his girl though, fuck, she's fine. You should look her up, though. I'm telling you right now. Put it, I'm putting everybody on. No, look her up. I swear, dude. I would have signed her to the like team, too, just because his girl. Him? I think he's, I yeah, think he's already like... in his 20s, but, dude, she's she's quality. I don't know. She's, she's a footballer, too. I think, she, I think she plays for the same team, but the girls' team. For Fulham or for Liverpool? Fulham. Oh, okay. Huh, I might have to look her up. But do you do you think that yeah. uh, with the same, with basically essentially the same team, and you lose Mane, but you bring in Nunez, do you think that Liverpool are still 
uh, that far ahead of everybody else in order to compete with City? Yeah, because they have the mindset. They have the winner mindset, and that shit goes a long way. You know what I mean? So I think that they have a culture in their team already. So it's like you could bring in whoever the fuck you want. We all thought Liverpool was not going to do as good as they did this year. And look at them. Challenging for first place. Missed it barely. Champions League final. So, you know what I mean? Like, this team, they're like, they have a certain way of thinking. And you could kind of put whoever into that team. And Klopp will get them to believe that they are the best team. They are the best person in that position. And even if they're not, they're going to go out there and perform. And over time, it's just going to – whoever gets signed will be a top player. I just think that that's how it works right there at that team. You know what I mean? So, I know. I if On paper, no. They shouldn't even be third. They shouldn't even be fourth. They should be challenging for Europa. But they're going to challenge for Champions League finals. They're going to challenge for the top of the table. They're going to make it to the end of every cup. It's just they're, – they're a trip, bro. They're a trip. But when, how long do you think it's too long though? Like when, when is that? When is it time to start pushing the aging players out? That's what I'm trying to ask. Like, is this is this a recipe for sustained success, or is it something that it's like, oh, this is a, this is a once in a lifetime period in their club? No, as long as Klopp's there, doesn't matter. It's the, it's the management. You know what I mean? It's the way he gets his players to think. So you could have older players mixed in with younger players. As long as you are thinking kind of towards the future and aging certain players out, like this year they're aging Mane out before, while they could still get a good chunk of change for him, they get the money for that, they put it towards a young player. Next year, or even in the winter, they go do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, I would say probably the next person to go is Henderson. You know what I mean? But maybe not because he's got the captain band. But still, you know what I mean? You, You do one at a time. You don't rush it. You don't do like a full turnover on the squad, and then you just kind of run it like that for till the wheels fall off, which it would be when Klopp leaves. No, yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you want to talk about your team, or do you want to go to Man United? Go to Man U. All right. Uh, so Man U, they lost quite a few players as of right now. And they've only signed anybody who plays for Ajax. Dog. <laughs> clowns. They're just clowns. Uh, I mean, I was watching their friendly against Liverpool. I mean, it shows like there is some promise, the link up play and the way that they're positioning and the way they move the ball. But, I mean. I didn't watch that game. The, the one against Liverpool, right? Didn't they win like one? Or what was the score? Like, 4-0 or 4-1 or something? Yeah, they smashed them, but... Bro, But it's preseason. That's what yeah. I'm saying. If people are going to give me shit for the Audi Cup, I don't want to hear shit about that fucking trophy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's probably the worst... The, uh, that should look like a fucking... That shit was just a hideous-ass cup. That shit was like... That thing's probably... It's probably made out of plastic. It's like the ones you get in, in rec soccer <laughs> that don't even weigh nothing. No, it's funny. It's like it reminded me of like a Lego set. Yeah, like, the way it was just shaved like a fucking bowl and like a big ass fucking building sticking out of it. It's like what the fuck? Who comes up with this shit? Um, I didn't, I didn't yeah, watch they, any of the uh, games, so I didn't. I didn't see their link up play. I didn't see nothing. Did Erickson play? Oh, he hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, this was a week ago. 
So oh, yeah, just I, as a right. So as of right now, uh, some of the signings they've made is a uh, Lissandra Martinez from uh, Ajax for fifty three point three million dollars. Um, that's a damn a, like that's a lot of goddamn money for a center back that I do not rate that highly. Yeah, especially not tested. I think he's hardly even a fucking uh, Argentinian international. But they also signed left back uh, Tyrell Masialia, whatever, Malicia, whatever, from uh, Feyenoord. I think that's a good signing just because they have so much, so many injury problems at left back with Shaw and Tellez that it'll be good to have some sort of young blood in there. Because, dude, I feel like Luke Shaw get hurt, gets hurt like every three games and like misses like another 10 games. Like he's just hasn't he been the same. He's supposed to be one injury. of the best left backs in the world, and then he just gets hurt nonstop. So it sucks. And Telus, I expected much more from him, but he's just he's very uh, subpar. So and I don't know who the fuck this other kid that they just signed is, but it'll be interesting to see because I do think that uh, the Eredivisie has quality. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you see certain players come out of the Eredivisie and they're just beasts, like Erickson. And then they brought Erickson into the team on a free. Which is good business, yep. if you ask me. Like, yep. My my thing is that they now at this point they need to prioritize a a CDM like a like a fucking world beater, a ball winner, or somebody a destroyer in the midfield because there's you can only get so far with Fred and McTominay as your CDMs. Like you need somebody who's like a who's a world class CDM at this point if you want to compete with with the rest of the top six. Cause I, th- I feel like this is, that's where they get overrun every single game because obviously you're not going to get that work rate from Bruno Fernandez or Erickson. So you need somebody who can plug up the gaps and, and uh, win the ball back for them and allow them to create, especially now that you might not have Ronaldo, you know, <laughs> do you think anyone actually buys Ronaldo? Mm, I saw that. Who was it? Fuck. That they convinced they convinced Atlet I suppose they convinced Atletico Madrid to sign him. Which if they if they do, and I just saw this like an hour if, ago. That'd be sick, <laughs> honestly. Like, Simeone's like, like, Simeone's like fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like the the attitude that that team has, like. And like you pair it with Ronaldo's like arrogance, like that would be so sick to watch. Cause like him and, these him and would, Joe like, Felix, that'd be tight. That's what I'm saying. Like you know that these foods are about to go to war in the back to not let them score, and then you know you're gonna pass the ball to Felix and create something, and Ronaldo's gonna put that shit away nine out of ten times. Yep, yep. Ronaldo will do his Ronaldo thing. You know what I mean? He's gonna fucking. He still scores goals, bro. It's fucking amazing to me. I really don't get it. Me either. But I feel like I feel like a striker, striker and center back are two of the positions that I feel like you don't necessarily need legs or there's like an age limit for it because as long as you position position yourself correctly, like you eliminate a lot he of could, the running. You just got to read the game right, and he could definitely yeah. read the motherfucking game. Which is crazy, uh, you know. You know who I was kind of excited based on, um, uh, based on their signings is uh, Leeds. Is uh, some of our American boys out sign? there? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw two players, right? Yeah, so they got Tyler Adams for 17 mil. And then they got uh, Brendan Aronson for 28 Such mil. Such a bargain. That's what I'm saying. Dude, Adam, Adams is good, bro. And he's replacing Calvin Phillips, so it's like I, he's for sure going to start, you know? He's going to get hella minutes, which is good for the USA. Na oh, shit. The USA <laughs> national yep. team. Let's go. Yep. No, and it'll be good to see, like watch them develop, especially in a year like right before the World Cup. So as long as no injuries happen and stuff like that. And then they also signed some guy from uh, Bayern, apparently, Mark Roca. I've never heard of him. Um, and then they start, they signed a striker, uh, Luis. I don't even know how to say this. Sinistera from Feyenoord. Oh, the, wi the winger? Yeah. He's fucking so they good. Just, yeah, he signed, they signed him for $25 million. So it's gonna be that, that's that's a team that I would definitely advise to keep an eye out for just because I you know and and they're American manager too so it's like it's kind of good to see the progression of America of American soccer in the European scene especially like when you have an American coach who's had somewhat success especially in the Champions League and in their uh, domestic leagues as well like Jesse Marsh uh, and giving him like the opportunity to sign a team and build a team around him. And what his philosophies are, it's going to be cool to see them. And hopefully they thrive this season and they're not fucking just above relegation like they were last season, you know? This sick how that they stayed out of relegation, though, because, fuck, it would have been pretty disappointing to have them gone back to the fucking championship. Because it's hard to get back out of the championship, you know what I mean? Like, some say that it's harder than the Premier League. Yeah. But then there's always those so teeter-totter teams. teams. So many games. I feel like there's always those teeter-totter teams like Norwich and like Fulham, who it's always like they're always in and out, in and out, in and out. And I, I feel like at this they time around, out. yeah, I feel like this time around though is like Leeds is going to end up being like a, if they if they aren't a mainstay in the Prem, they're definitely going to be one of those teeter-totter teams because they're they have a system now, they have a way of playing, and like obviously they're going to put a manager that believes in the same way of playing. And obviously they're going to try to, they, you know, like it's just the system has already been developed and they're no longer that club that just depends on one player to get them through everything. Yeah. Is there any other teams in the Prem that signed like hella, hella players? No. That's what I was looking at too. Other, other than City and Tottenham, huh? It's like yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Who should we talk about first, City or Tottenham? Or you want to go outside the top six and we'll just talk about City and Tottenham some other, like on a separate episode? Nah, we're doing it now. Oh, we're doing it now? All right. Yeah, we got let, it. Let, we got it. Yeah, let, let's do, got you, you want to do this, you want to do the reigning champs or? Yeah. All right. So, uh, as of right now, we've assigned uh, three players um, with a fourth on its way, uh, obviously the biggest one and the most notable one would have to be uh, Erling Holland from Borussia Dortmund for seventy-five mil uh, in total, which is a fucking <laughs> bargain. Yeah. A bargain, if you ask me, for one for one of the world's most yeah, renowned and if you well known strikers, eighty, bro. Come on, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. For an established 
world class striker, seventy five mil. Uh, we also signed a backup goalkeeper, uh, Stefan Ortega Moreno, on a free from his uh, previous team in the in the Bundesliga. And then we also signed uh, England international Calvin Phillips for forty nine mil as well. Some say it's expensive, but he's English. He's prem proven. He's a fucking baller. And I think he could compete for Rodri's position. And Rodri's one of the best fucking DMs in the league. You know what I mean? World. That, um, no, literally. You're, it's fact. Yeah. No, yeah. I de- I'm definitely happy with this window so far just because it's uh, 